Welcome to Creatives Talk. Today, I'm joined by Oliver Glenn. Oliver Glenn was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. In 2018, he graduated from the University of North Carolina School of the Arts with a BM in composition. In 2020, he completed his MA in jazz performance at Hunter College. Oliver is currently based in New York City, active as a performer and music educator. Oliver is passionate about the piano, jazz music, newly composed music, and the performing arts. Oliver has worked collaboratively with dancers, filmmakers, actors, and visual artists. He has released his EP titled, Every Time I See Your Face, in 2021. So to begin, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Oliver? Yeah, I've never never been introduced like that before. I feel fancy. But uh, yeah, a little bit more about myself. Uh, I'm from Richmond, as, as you just heard. Uh, I grew up, we went to the same high school, if they didn't know that, me and Kim. Um, so this is cool. Uh, my dad is a French horn player, so he kind of introduced me to music a little bit, you know, uh, when I was young, and he taught me some basics, and then, and then just sort of let me do do my thing, and I, I played a bunch of different stuff, um, and did different performing arts things growing up. I, I was into like rock music and, and just making up songs at the piano and stuff. So it was kind of informal to a point and then uh, and then I started studying more formally at some point in high school and then went to college as you heard and stuff and wound up in New York now trying to do the the thing and hustling now and teaching and playing so how would you describe your compositional style when you first began writing hmm yeah so I definitely feel like I've been on a journey um, to where I'm at now I first when I first started it was I, I didn't even think of it as compositions you know it was just I just came up with like a riff at the piano or something or uh, just some some little thing that I like to play over and over you know that was probably annoying to my family so I wouldn't have thought of that as composition at the time but I think that was I guess my start and then and then it was songs I wrote songs for like my garage band and stuff and you know and, and that kind of thing and then the composition composition stuff uh the style i would say was very i got into mozart and beethoven and that whole thing and um so i was kind of writing classical music in a traditional way and not even not you know not really writing modern classical i at first started I think one of the first pieces I wrote sounds like I'm trying to write something like Mozart. So how did your compositional style flourish into other genres? So, okay, I guess it always, I think two things affected it the most. Uh, one was as I studied, you know, cause I, I got into writing music and thought, oh, I'd, I'd be into this. I'd be into writing music for Broadway or for uh, movies or or just concert pieces. And so I got into that and then I started, I went to a couple summer camps and then I went to college for it. So that was one big influence was just the teachers that introduced me to different stuff. And I had one teacher that I studied under in, in college, Dr. Michael Rothkopf, who uh, he just really broadened my perspective on what composition was and and how you could write for instruments and what it meant to write for instruments on in a concert setting um and in a recorded setting and um 
and I sort of, so a lot more modern elements came into the music I was writing at that point. Um, and then the second thing I think that had the, that, that has continued to have the biggest influence on what I write is just the music that I like to listen to, which I think is, I've found to be the most, I feel the most authentic when I'm just writing stuff that I want to listen to and that, you know, is influenced by the stuff I'm listening to. So, so it went from kind of classical concert music to now I'm just back to writing songs again, because that's what I'm, you know, listening to more at this point, but, but uh, they're more in, uh, maybe influenced and inspired by kind of American songbook or jazz uh, tunes. How did you approach creating compositions in these different genres and styles? So how I approached writing in different styles, I've always been, I think most people, I would argue that most people in present day have an eclectic music taste. Um, so I've always been interested in writing in multiple different styles. I guess there's some through, some through lines that connect everything I write. I've always, I've always really been interested in melody, not just in a, you know, kind of as a center point of the music, but uh, melody specifically in a vocal sense. Like I've always resonated with even instrumental music that sounds like someone is singing at times. Um, so even when I was writing concert music, I often, not always, but often would have short melodies that I used to structure the pieces around. Um, and now, now I'm mostly just writing songs again. So it's, it's all, you know, it's all melody and voice. Um, so that's one common, th I think having anchors that connect through all the different types of writing it helps. Um, so if I'm writing for, you know, for a band, I'm not going to think of it too differently than if I'm writing for a chamber ensemble at this point. I had to, I, you know, I went through a process, I think, arriving at this point, thinking about it like that. It's the different, the different genres and the different instrumentations don't change how I write as long as I'm being really true to what I want to hear. How do you approach research as a composer and research in the sense of examining and learning from different styles and genres of music and adding it to your own? The most, well, for musician, for music, right? The, I think the most basic form of research is just listening to music, um, which is also maybe the most important form of research for music, I think, is listening, listening to music and really seeing how much you can get just from hearing it and going really in depth with that. So in college, you know, make, I keep jumping between the whole, my background in concert stuff. Um, when I was studying in, in college, my professor would put on a piece of music and he would intentionally pick stuff that was challenging to listen to or that was hard to understand. So really complicated stuff. And then we would listen to it and then we would just talk about it and he would say, okay, so what is happening here? And we would look, we would look at the score too. So we would do that kind of thing. And, and I, you know, I would read about composers and learn their histories and the context, but I, I would say that the most that I've advanced in terms of writing music, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself a historian, even though I'm interested in the history of music, but for writing, I think I've learned the most just by listening really intently and trying to pull as much as I can out of recordings or live performances. So now I'm mostly performing jazz, you know, and, and working in that sort of umbrella of music. It's a big, you know, that's a 
big genre. Um, but for, for what I do now, mostly I, I really dive into recordings. So I'll take, I'll take a recording of a piano player that I really like and I'll, I'll transcribe it. I'll listen to it a million times and I'll try to dissect what's happening both on a intellectual level, I guess, you know, with the theory of things and and an emotional and a feel level of just how does it feel and how are they making me feel the way that it does. So I guess I think of research as synonymous with listening to music. When do you feel a composition is done for you? I think there's always the danger with, and anyone who writes music would probably, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people would agree that there's always the danger of never feeling done. So honestly, at a certain point, you just have to call it, I think. When, when you reach the point where you're just fidgeting, fidgeting, that's, I just made, I just combined seven words. When you're just fidgeting or fiddling with the music and it could be done, but you're just sort of restlessly not letting it finish. I think that's the point when you need to just make some hard decisions and say, okay, this is what it is and move on. Cause I definitely find myself that way often, but you know, it's, it's always, there's always the next piece. So it's for me, it's just like calling it at a certain point. With a song, I do, I do often feel like once I have the melody, it feels kind of set for a song. So that's a nice feeling. Can you describe the process of creating your EP? Okay, creating the EP. I had never, I've spent a good amount of time with audio equipment and recording things and, and working in that medium, but I, I've never officially kind of produced and released anything. So this was my first time doing that and it was really cool and it took a long time. But so the process was basically, I decided I wanted to make an EP. I wrote songs, took, you know, it took a couple months writing songs and picking what I wanted to use. And I picked four songs and then I figured out who I wanted to play on the session. I contacted, it was just two other players and me bass guitar piano and we had a rehearsal and then went to the studio and recorded we recorded three of the songs one day and then i went back and the fourth song is just just piano and voice and i did that a second day and then so all of that didn't take that much time but then after that it was months and months where it kind of went on the back burner at a certain time and then i was really obsessive over the mixing of it and i spent a lot of time just going back and forth with a, with a sound engineer on mixing it and I tried to make my own mixes and didn't like them and then wound up eventually like reaching a point where like I said before I just had to call it and I said okay it's it's good enough and then and then I went through the whole um I used DistroKid to release it on streaming platforms and stuff did the performers have any impact on the composition yeah, definitely. So, I mean, this was, even though they were my songs, I was sort of treating them like just, you know, just tunes. They were, they're just like, uh, so this is, these were both jazz musicians that were joining me. And so all they had was a loose structure, really. It was just the lyrics, the melody and a chord progression. Um, and, and we had some, we had some stuff that we worked out, some hits and some specific things that we wanted to put in it. But a lot of it was the three of us collectively sort of improvising with the feeling uh, set up by the songs. 
So they totally affected it. So, it, so I mean, th they didn't affect the writing of the song, but the recording itself, you know, they put in their unique stuff. Can you break down for us how you created one of the songs? All right, so let me, let me just pick a song first. Okay, so this one I wrote last summer. that's the it's called every time i see your face it's the title track um so uh, so i wrote it's it's like a it's i hope it's like a nice little song you know and it's it's um it's a it's a simple form it goes it has an a section it repeats it's got a b section and then it goes back to the a section in the end and that's the whole song it's it's a really short tune um so how did i write it uh I think I lyrically, I came up with the melody and the lyrics sort of at the same time. Um, yeah, so that sort of doesn't break it down too much, but I, I don't know if I can... I'm trying to think through my process of how that actually happened. Well, I would say, okay, influences for this. I mean, what I was listening to a bunch at the time was uh, like Randy Newman. You know, I, I love Randy Newman and his kind of stuff and Ray Charles. I was listening to and a bunch of old just American songbook standards, you know, so kind of classic tunes where where there's generally a lot more harmonic movement than current popular songs. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely drawn to that. So in this one, I like to I like to think of the harmony as um Often I'm thinking about the interaction between the melody and the bass. So um, in this, if I just play the bass line. So it's, it's very like, it, it, you know, it, it's, I think it's satisfying to hear a bass line like that. Um, it's, uh, you know, th this is kind of a, you hear this kind of thing often in jazz tunes, but, um, so, I, so I'm kind of like walking. So the bass line is sort of like a melody, you know, it's not just bass and then the next chord, you know, so that's what kind of, I think that's one of the main things that gives it this sort of old school feeling is the, um, is the moving bass line that's sort of treated like a melody itself below the melody and then the harmony fills in so i'll play the melody and the the i'll play that melody and the bass line together so it was kind of like two different things happening there and then the harmony fills in between How did that idea form, you know, this, song, this specific song? I don't know if it's about someone, but, uh, you know, go to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this song is uh, about my girlfriend. Um, so I wrote it. Uh, we, we weren't dating at the time, but it was kind of 
It's kind of like a meet cute sort of song. Um, so I, I wrote it just as like a, I just wanted to write a, a nice song that sounded, you know, happy and was, was like a feel good kind of, uh, love song, I guess, but it's not, it's not a love song in the, you know, super dramatic way. <laughs> the passion of the heart and soul. I mean, you know, it, it's just, I just wanted it to be a sweet song. So hope, hopefully that's how it turned out. So it's just, it's called Every Time I See Your Face. Um, and basically the hook of it is, I always get this feeling every time I see your face and I hope you feel the same. So it's not, it's not a complicated song and, and I really didn't want it to be complicated. I think when I write, when I write songs at least, like I love I love a good poetic song. If somebody writes a song with like poetic, you know, lyrics that have multiple interpretation or that are sort of just vague in the right way that makes you kind of think that are thought provoking. I love a song like that. But I've found for some reason with myself that the plainer I make the idea of the song, the easier I have of really making it uh, a solid song. For me, I found with the songs that I write, I try to make them really like, how could I, I try to make it, can I summarize this song in one sentence? Um, and then, and then it's just a super simple song so that there's room to do a lot of music stuff with it. Well, okay. So for, for this one, so the, it, you know, I definitely, I, I, you know, the lyrics are important because they give the message, but it's almost like they give this this nice message as a platform to then play and improvise over and, and have fun time with the music over. So that's, that's, that was my goal in writing this song. Thank you, Oliver, for breaking down your song for us. And if you wanted to find your EP and listen to some of your other works, where we might be able to find them. You can, on streaming services, you can find the EP on Spotify and Apple music and all the stuff. Um, and there's another there's some other songs up there from like a christmas ep uh so you can you can find that stuff too and then uh if you go to my website you can also which is oliverglenn.com you can also go check out my youtube channel which i'll i'll just upload stuff there sometimes or i have a soundcloud which i put some recordings up as well um, so those are the three places, basically, streaming and YouTube and SoundCloud. Thank you again, Oliver. Absolutely. Absolutely.